and welcome back to Obsess the Podcast. This is Ava, back from a long hiatus. I'm so excited to introduce um, season two. This is a very exciting episode. I have my roommate, Alyssa Shin, and her business partner, Mustafa. Hello. How are you guys doing? Hi. Thank you for having me on. Um, I've actually been on the podcast once before for a very brief Small period segment. of time. Yeah. Yes. But she was obviously a bigger, biggest supporter of mine in this podcast journey, so I'm so excited to officially have you on. Um, thank you, thank you. How are you, you doing, Mustafa? Hi. How are you doing? Good. Great. Yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> so I want to dive right in and ask you about the business. Alyssa was wearing some pants earlier. You're wearing some pants now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're matching. You're, you were matching today. They're we're great. We're telepathic, these which are, makes us good partners. These are going to be new ones, right? These are yes, hopefully. Yes, our winter drop. drop. Winter drop. Yeah, we're actually wearing the final samples of our uh, like fall winter drop, which will be out mid November, mid to late November, actually. Closer Um, to December. Closer to December. Maybe December. Yeah, we never know know. with production. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, we are very excited to be introducing our new pants. I guess just to preface with the idea itself, um, we make modular pants. Um, we're at Garm MIC. If you want to look at photos and get a link to our website, on Instagram. On Instagram, yes. But yeah, so we call them modular pants because they have a zipper right above the knee, so you can kind of wear them as long jorts. Um, we're a completely unisex brand, um, and every top is compatible with every pair of bottoms. So you can wear mix and match um, tops and bottoms, maybe one leg, both legs, have one color. Um, so that idea is just kind of to have a um, pant that anyone can wear and feel good in and also customize. Love. What she said. Love that idea. Great. Word. Um, so my question is, how did you two come up with this idea? How did you meet? I guess that's a good question. But also, what led to the, this idea to start a pants company? Because that's like a kind of a big, like it's a big thing. It's a big deal. For sure. Um I guess like I grew up around a lot of creative people. Um, my entire family, they're artists in like their own right. Um, so I kind of grew up with those like sensibilities and like opened my mind up to like what I could do with my life. I guess the way me and Alyssa started this was sophomore year. I was making music for like an indie rock band that I started with my friend from high school. And Alyssa was like, what if we made some merch? And then we just made a couple like demos and a hat, actually. That was the first thing we made. Whoa. We actually was... sampled an embroidered hat um, with his band name on it. Yes, yeah, so we did that. And then COVID happened. And, and you, you met, obviously, at Duke. Yes. Yes. And then kind of after that, we just continued to like share ideas and like stuff we found interesting. Mm-hmm. So just stayed in contact like that. Um, and then I think, when was it? At the end of junior year we kind of you said like yo with the summer we're gonna make some clothes yeah so basically I think it was like a really natural connection for some reason we like really connected about like art and fashion and all this stuff and I think we like grew up very similarly like just share a lot of values in general as mm-hmm. people and I think that like forms a really natural like um what's the word uh like synergy kind of and so we always talked about designing clothes and I would send him like pictures and sketches and like mock-up stuff together um and we never ended up actually making the merch or launching anything 
and then um this summer we happened to be in the same place that was a critical yeah. part i think because i was always in like korea for break and he was here or whatever um and then so we got dinner and i was sitting in his apartment it was 2 a.m as it always is like when good ideas True. come about yeah. um and he was wearing like pants for woman actually he, he like was wearing really cool pants and i was like i want a pair like they look so good where are they from and he was like oh my sister got them for me from a woman's jean store Whoa. and so it kind of started from there like and i was like oh so it is possible for girl pants you know quote-unquote girl pants to look good on a guy mm. um and there's something there where like silhouettes aren't shared between gendered clothing for some reason yeah. so i was like we should make pants that look good on everyone and make everyone feel good and then that merged with a weird idea of he was talking about like stanley kubrick movies and i had never seen any yeah. and he like was basically roasting me about it was, um yeah. and he was talking about all the cool colors he had seen we yeah. were like talking about colors and i was like yellow and green look good together and purple and orange look good together and stuff like that so we're like okay how about we birth an idea with the two of them and we're like pants that mix colors and aesthetics the way we like yeah um and then i just randomly like remembered like old cargo pants that zip off like you yeah, wear as yeah. kids and that was just kind of like yeah like the the melding of all of that totally. was our idea and then the next morning we got up and started working on it wow yeah, yeah. And like we were initially pretty scared that we couldn't do the whole zipper thing, and yeah, and I like kind of spoke to my mom about it, and she was like, "Yeah, you could definitely try something like that." And then That's at awesome. that point, we just like went full speed ahead and didn't really think it through, to be honest. So yeah. I think that was the key. We kind of just took it a day at a time, and we didn't really know like the timeline that we were gonna do it in. But two weeks in, we were like, "Yeah, let's launch August 14th." Wow. In like May. That's crazy. And mm -hmm. then every day after that like we just yeah. took every like step as it came and it that's just awesome sometimes you do need that like deadline or that date when you want right. to finish something for sure. in order to be like motivated to do it right yeah and i think it was hard because at first it wasn't really pitched as like a let's start a business it wasn't yeah. like a from a business perspective it was really from like this conviction that like we wanted to make clothing that we wanted to wear and yeah. we believed so deeply that they needed to exist in some capacity mm -hmm. and then when we saw them in person they were like we're like it's so good we have to share it and we were like showing them to our friends and posting them on like just our stories and stuff like because it's fun and everyone was like responding and like yeah. that kind of like feedback i think was like all the confirmation that we needed totally. to be like okay let's just you know put them out there and yeah. like if people like them they'll buy it you know they're not they don't owe it to us to yeah. buy anything um but yeah i also really remember like the first thing that we completely agreed on was the fact that we were going to make them perfect Whoa. and the fact that we wouldn't yeah like put out anything that yeah. wasn't perfect quote unquote and i guess like striving for that constantly motivated us also yeah and also like to this day like if we have like for example we had like a production run like a month ago that we realized like had like a certain defect in it and like many people would just be like all right let's just like keep selling it yeah. um we kind of scrapped the whole thing and like kind of started over wow. so i guess this like principle of like almost perfection or like striving for perfection is like, not putting something out that you exactly. don't like 
I and, don't feel confident. And yeah. also in like every facet of it, right? Like even things like the Instagram or yeah. the aesthetics of our photo shoots or like the way like we wear them or like market them to people. Yeah. It has to be like cohesive and we both have to agree on it. So like yeah. that's... Like How do you find working with somebody else? I like think of collaboration is like the most important thing in yeah. my life just because like i'll kind of get into this later when okay. we talk about obsessions but yeah collaboration is like so important yeah 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 do you ever find that like if you don't agree on something like it because i've always thought about i, I wish i'd done this podcast with somebody else but mm. then i realized for me like i nobody would ever see it the way i want it to be mm-hmm. um in terms of like the logo or like i mean even like i like totally changed the logo for season two because i just like didn't like it anymore i think i just am constantly evolving creatively and just like what i want um and like i don't think another person could keep up with that interesting. but how do you like how do, like what if you don't agree on something like what do you do that is such an interesting question that i was actually thinking about earlier because we've talked about like it is a lot of work for the two of us to split between us like because yeah. we handle like everything from design to like production to overseeing like website changes and mocking up instagram layouts and like everything and we have talked about maybe like additional labor and stuff like that but we always come to the conclusion that like we don't want our opinions diluted because as soon as you know you give someone else the power um or like a share almost yeah it, feels like that's how it operates in a business is like then they kind of have a vote to override you or like have an input that could change things um but I think it's so I feel very lucky in that I trust Mustafa so much to be like brutally honest with me and we communicate super well together I think that's kind of the key to things like we'll come together if we don't like a sample um We'll just be like, this sucks. Yeah. Like, we're not, no one is going to see this. No one's going to touch it. Like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. We're garbage, you know, yeah. like, whatever. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just, like, the greatest privilege to, like, have this unspoken understanding that, like, I trust him. He trusts my perspective. And we're not going ag- to, like, we're not going to change each other's opinions to agree. It's more of just, like, meshing them in the right way yeah. so that we can produce something stronger than individually i feel like that's a very mature like outlook on collaboration too for sure and i guess yeah like what Alyssa said is like so important because trust is how we operate right yeah like we trust that we first of all like value each other's ideas that's like the baseline thing like we appreciate each other's ideas and when they don't align necessarily if you have like a baseline understanding that you value them like you can come to some compromise that is like good for both of you. you know? Yeah. And it'll, it, it's like small things. Like one thing was just as benign as the pictures we post to the Instagram and like how many reposts at a time and like like which ones we post in a certain order. And at a certain point you realize like if this person's like that headstrong in something and you have trusted them in other situations. Yeah. You can probably trust them again. Totally. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And That's just so like cool kind of hear. growing together. Like we've definitely had like some like arguments over things. Obviously we like debate and stuff. Yeah. Um, but understanding that we're becoming better at doing this together um, in different ways sometimes and in the same way at other times. Um, 
and I just like respect also I think like I have a lot of respect yeah. for Mustafa as a person as a designer as you know a collaborator a partner or whatever um and I could not and I also wouldn't want to do this without him yeah so I think that's like the coolest part about working with someone totally thank you oh um Aww. it's so funny because like obviously i've known you for a long time and Alyssa, i'm pointing to Alyssa, um <laughs> and like you've always like wanted to do something creative and it's awesome that like you could help her or like not you know help, not, not help not yeah. help but like you could be the person that she finally made the leap with i guess um i want to talk a little bit this is like so like duke to talk about but the work balance Mm-hmm. Um, like having to run this bit or like run this project and business because it's like it is a business like yeah, you have is. money yeah. coming in and going out whatever running it um, <laughs> designing everything <laughs> um, doing this going out for sure <laughs> yeah I was gonna say a lot of money going out I don't know about the coming in yeah. um, doing the Instagram and everything like the social media how do you balance that with like being a Duke student and being a senior kind of trying to figure out how to tie up your schooling while also like doing this thing you're really passionate about um i guess it all comes down to like obsession right yeah it's like um should we just like go right into the obsession part <laughs> i guess, like, I guess it just to. makes a natural I, progression yeah right? I to- i've prompted them to talk about obviously the obsessions that we talk about here and you can go right ahead cool so <laughs> i guess the actual textbook definition of obsession is like <laughs> do we google this beforehand repetitive <laughs> preoccupation with something yeah. right Ooh. so pre garm preoccupies like it's my my mind like 24 7 wow. like while i sleep when i wake up right before i go to bed and i guess when you compartmentalize like your academics um this is something that I've had to like learn to do yeah. over the years because like throughout my entire life I've had obsessions that like encompass my entire existence. Yeah. And right now I guess Garm is like one of those things and learning how to balance it is really 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 hard. Yeah. Especially when you have another person as well. And like as Alyssa was talking like you need to have we have like this synergy, right? Mm-hmm. Um but when you throw like four or five wrenches into it which is like like coming back from COVID and having to learn how to be like a human again and yeah. like yeah. doing school and like going to class and being tired and yeah. whatever else is going on. Just life in general. You kind of yeah. have to make that extra effort. Mm-hmm. Like I realize like when I'm more busy, I work on Garm more Yeah. because I feel as though I, how do I, how do I describe this? Like, I guess like it adds more pressure and then it also makes it like a more saturated experience working on it and I ended up mm-hmm. end up like being more creative. Yeah. Like it's almost more special to work on it because you know you have less time right. kind yeah. of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that like I definitely deal with a lot of guilt from like having other commitments for sure is yeah. like um like when I give my word to something, obviously I want to have integrity, you know, whether that be about attending classes or turning my homework on time, stuff like that. Um, I think, yeah, the, the biggest thing that works is that like having a partner in this and having a support because it's like, 
that's when you know that like if something comes up if you're sick you know like there's all kinds of things in life that just happen um you know the other person can like shoulder the weight you know just temporarily while you can come back and pull your weight um and i think that's really like the only way that this has worked you know balancing a full load of school and in-person school at that after two years of covid um but yeah i would agree with everything that mustafa just said of like it's like it's almost like another dimension of myself where i can like exercise parts of my mind that i don't in class and like it's like an extension of myself and it's my baby so it's like i think it's very uh special and fulfilling to see it come to fruition and also it's a physical product to like feel it to wear it to wear it on campus to see other people wearing it on campus and there's definitely like a cult following kind of on campus where like you know like reoccurring buyers or like people like garm wearers will recognize other garm wearers mm-hmm. so like my friend will be wearing garm and they'll be like wait that guy's wearing garm like do you know him like yeah. wow it looks so good like all this stuff yeah um yeah so it's like cool to see like a culture being you know brewed out of garm almost so i do want to get back to what you were talking about mustafa about mm-hmm. like obsession versus addiction right um because i think i mean obviously you alluded to like you be, it's obsessions like take over your life mm-hmm. and i definitely f- feel that as like a very obsessive person mm-hmm. um so i wondered if you wanted to talk more for about sure that. um so yeah obsession versus addiction so i guess i can just like take you back to like when i first was yeah. introduced to the world of obsession yeah I um i love these stories <laughs> so Although I don't remember this time super well, yeah. I'm told <laughs> that from a very young age, I was very much preoccupied. Mm-hmm. Like, that is like how people would describe me yeah. still to this day. Um, and I guess my first official obsession, again, according to other people, was Spider-Man. Um, awesome. Mm. I don't know why, <laughs> to be honest. The cartoon. N- n- like... Any Spider-Man. Maybe like Spider-Man 2. Like the movie, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield. No, 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 OG no, 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 Spider-Man. No, the OG one. The OG one. Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah, Not um, Tom Holland. So not, definitely not. Um, so <laughs> I guess that was like my first obsession. And yeah. it's not super philosophical. I can't really give you like how it changed me as a human being. Yeah. But it kind of just set a precedent for my behavior. So I guess like naturally that was like what six seven years old then i kind of moved into this deep obsession with soccer football um (laughs) definitely football the real football the real football like obsessed with playing it obsessed with watching it watching it so i like became a really big arsenal fan um Mm, and i guess that kind of it was my whole personality like i was just an arsenal fan maybe spider-man arsenal are both red who knows Uh, maybe that was the (laughs) the answer that's your connection oxblood um And then when I got to, like, the age of nine, I, like, moved to the U.S. for one year. So I actually grew up in Pakistan. Okay. Um, And my mom decided, like, yo, we're we're moving to New York. Like, we're we're just doing this. Um, And when I moved, I, like, was trying to navigate doing this at such a young age that I fell further into my preoccupation yeah 
and I guess like that like kind of set up the world in my head that I still like live in like now um, because I just wanted to escape a little bit right so mm-hmm. that's what brings in the concept of addiction yeah. versus obsession Interesting. so obsession is something that preoccupies you but addiction is something you use to escape from yeah. your reality wow um so i guess that was a certain age where i realized there's certain things that i do and certain things that i find interest in to escape that i deem as obsessions but they're actually addictions so wow. i guess i love that early on so i guess nine tenth grade uh, nine, sorry, not nine, tenth grade. Nine, ten years old. Um, I spent the fifth grade in the U.S., and that's when I was like exposed. Like I got to use like an iPhone for the first time. Wow. Um, does that date line up? Yes, correct. Yeah. It does line up. Um, <laughs> sorry, maybe the iPhone would have been out, and I made this whole thing. Yeah, up. iPhone. Um, yeah, it came out like iPhone one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Something like that. Yeah. And I got to use my first iPhone. I was just I found it so fascinating, and yeah. I also. Um, learned like photoshop in fifth grade like i was just really into it and i guess like that kind of got me into technology Mm -hmm. um so when i came back and so i only went for one year i got my green card it was too hard for me and my mom we were alone so we went back to pakistan for middle school and then again like i just went from a place where i felt lost and then i came back to a place that i called home and i was lost again because i now i was like the american kid right yeah um and the, my class was like 20, like 12, like 20 kids that were together since like pre-K, right? And I was like, didn't really fit in anymore. So I got, my mom had an iPhone and I used to ask her, I was like, can I just like play around with it? Like, yeah. can I play Doodle Jump and all that Love stuff? Yeah, like do all that Addicted. stuff. Addicted. I wasn't very good at it, but. And then. I was. I kind of taught myself how to make iPhone apps. So I just decided to make iPhone apps. Yeah. For not no to interject, reason. but his mom told me, I love his mom by the way, um, shout out. But she told me that she had to basically force him to stop making apps oh because God. he would have like dropped out of school, like he became that addicted. So yeah, it was addicted. addicted. Yeah. It was yeah. an escape, right? Because, yeah. um, so yeah, I did my first game was actually called Musty Jump. So it was like my face. <laughs> um, Wait, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump. It was my face. <laughs> in like a ethereal space background Whoa. um jumping up the bricks up the to eternity and crap game it was so bad um so actually funny enough back then it's just not gonna be interesting to anyone except me but back then uh the app store review process was like so like if you like submitted your app like it would take like two months to be approved oh yeah i kind of do and and then it actually came out on my 11th birthday. Aww. Like I woke Aww. up That's, for school. I woke up for school That's and I got out of bed after refreshing the same nonsense like dashboard and it was like approved and oh I went gosh. on the app store and I looked my name up and like That's there so it was, cool. right? Yeah. And then this is where this ties into like the dichotomy of obsession and addiction yeah. because obsession that moment like forever became the standard for what I would become obsessed with. It's like that visceral emotion that you keep seeking yeah. every time you start doing that you start doing that thing, right? And for me, it was that the moment of just holding my phone in my hand yeah. and like touching and interacting with something yeah. that I manifested 
right? Yeah. And I swear to God, like that day <laughs> was probably the most like impactful day in like how I view the world and like how I place myself in this world and the one in my head. Yeah, on your um, 11th birthday. On my 11th birthday. And from that point on, I just like continued to just make apps all day. I used to like walk around and just ask everybody the same question. Like, do you have any problems like that you'd like to solve? Because oh back then, like yeah. when the iPhone apps, like there wasn't an obvious app for everything, right? Yeah. Like I made like a, like a tip calculator. Oh, and cool. I made like a I need that. phrase. Oh, calculating like, on my phone. Like translator that didn't even translate. It was just a bunch of phrases and like hard coded with hard coded audio files like for each language. Oh um, so it was just like stupid also, stuff. This was age 11? Like 11 through the 12, 13, 11, 12, brag. 13. I, I was not doing this at age 11. Um, Personally I, was I, not either. I guess. Um, wasn't. I mean had a bad impact on my grades in middle school but <laughs> so it's probably better that you didn't do that um and like through this process i hated coding hated it yeah. it was despicable it's like i still hate it um but it just became part i became obsessed with that feeling so like mm. that that feeling was like the guiding principle yeah. And then everything I had to do around that became so. I guess the, I was addicted to the feeling, but my obsessions were what came out of that addiction. So like my obsessions were okay, coding number one, UI design number two, Photoshop number three, yeah. like um, problem solving number four. These are all obsessions yeah. that are a product of my addiction. So would you say the obsessions are kind of like sustainable, long-term things, and then addictions are like kind of that momentary fleeting right i guess reaction to the obsession so do you are you saying that are the obsessions more sustainable than the addiction Is yeah obsessions last and the addictions are like so addictive. um i guess huh are, are you addicted to the feeling of oh so interesting mm. yeah like definitely neither of my obsessions or my addictions are sustainable yeah just because right. of the, the world that i live in yeah right so That's like fair. oftentimes like when I was this age, I was like I otherized myself. Like I always like isolated myself because I always thought that like, I was like a psychopath. Like honestly, like I thought I was crazy. Um, because you were not like walking through the world with like I one what like I I, I, feel, I feel like you seem like you have like an I don't mean to put you in a box but, like you have like an artist's mind right and most people are like put in on this earth to kind of just like fill a role or they think right. that they're and like you're obviously not here to just right but that world. that i credit to my parents yeah like, and I mean, my grandparents because yeah like my like complete sidetrack but like my grandma she has made over fifty thousand paintings in her life wow yeah so she like so just think about like, <laughs> oh do, do, the math. Just do, the, do the math <laughs> yeah, real that's, quick that's incredible do the math yeah um and just seeing her do that like walking into her house yeah. every day and just like seeing like she's either sketching one yeah. painting another yeah scrapping one like yeah like and then that and then my parents are the same like my yeah. dad the same thing he's obsession like he doesn't even i guess the way i could pull this all together is that i feel like the world especially in a place like duke where like things are on a very specific track yeah. i like have not grown up in that environment because my dad mm -hmm. doesn't have a sleeping schedule like he is up at like four o'clock in the morning for no reason doing work he'll be yeah. like drink his tea at like 2 2 a.m like for no reason and just gets his stuff done yeah. and my mom's very similar we're all very 
fluid people mm. um and my sisters too and i guess that was the normal yeah but when mm. you leave that when you come especially a place like here here right? yeah. it's super yes structure and it makes you feel really like um Crazy. even beyond that it makes you feel like every it, you guilt yourself for everything that you do yeah yeah so if i like continue down the path of like iphone apps whatever i did that for two three years and then my mom obviously banned me for a year for doing cause I had to get into because then I decided at that point that I was going to move back to New York for yeah. high school. So I was aware yeah. at that time. I knew what I was doing. This was going to happen. So eighth grade cut off like dead. Like honestly was not allowed to do it. Wow. Um, just had to get my grades up. Got into school. Whatever. Spent a year mucking about trying to get like be a human being, social human being. Yeah. Um, freshman year. And then, I guess sophomore year, I like reignited this thing mm. um, of coding, like making okay. iPhone apps. Yeah, but now so it was I, kind of like cool. That because was for that was for fun. That was like uh, for purely utilitarian purposes. Um, it was a app for my school. Oh, awesome! That had a schedule, like announcements, Whoa. grades. Um, all that stuff I but i made it <laughs> but i made it only for me oh it was like only on my phone Selfish. and then my friend like saw it and he was like yo like let me get it. and then i was like no um but then a bunch of people started asking me so i just decided to like clean it up make it look pretty and stuff and like put it on the app store and i guess actually it's funny it, this was made for like you know the smaller iphones like the like the five and six where the screen with was the, smaller and remember when it became with taller the notches? yeah yeah. remember yeah. when it became yeah. taller like there were black seven, bars on top yeah. Over, yeah so i looked at the the stats of it the other day i made this freshman year like sophomore year of high school so i almost now i'm a senior so i guess that would be seven years ago oh people God. still like there are 400 kids who still use it every single day That's crazy. and it has the black thing the the bars on top of it it right. looks like it was made for an iphone yeah. 5 and kids still use Whoa. it um that's like when you have the ipad apps or the iphone apps on the ipad right. and, they're this big. and i yes. and i did this like going down the theme of like being otherwise like i literally went to my principal at school right and i showed him this and i was like yo i did this he was like okay like cool what? and i was like all right bet whatever like like you don't F care you, like whatever yeah um so I guess like, there's always been this guilt, right, mm -hmm. of obsession and addiction. Yeah. Like it's perceived negatively for me. But I, I guess I also I also have that right. guilt, right? Because yeah. I'm. Well, first of all, what's your major? I'm a history major. History major. So like, yeah, yeah I'm a visual media studies major. So like, awesome. not like your typical whatever. And people like, and I'm obsessed with it, and I love it, and I love doing this podcast, and I love pop culture. But that's like not valued. No, it here. isn't really is it yeah um it was like i feel like in my high school and my parents like value it but right and here don't really. i guess i'm gonna come back no, to yeah. that idea once i do. finish this 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 timeline histography of my existence yeah. <laughs> he's his, um, historicizing, <laughs> I'm historicizing. As, a, as a history major um, <laughs> um not citing any sources though like but that was a shit joke um i, I got it was an I awful laughed. joke i laughed um, MLA citations. Like, oh, I'm actually. not going to cut that out. Please cut that out. <laughs> MLA citations. Please. <laughs> Required. It's all good. Um, so, uh, yes, okay, I made this app. That was the end of my app making career. career. I peaked. 
You did. Um, I mean, people still use it. I yeah. peaked. And Out I, I kind of lost interest in it. Mm. Actually, that's cat. But whatever. Um, I stopped doing it. Yeah. Then, that same year, sophomore year of high school, mm-hmm. I signed up for a music elective at my high school. Oh, awesome. It's called Digital Music. Cool. Yes. And my professor, shout out professor teacher there's no professors in high school um <laughs> my teacher um mr russell curry shout out he um let me live in his office wow but he didn't teach me anything not once did he give me any words of advice on what to do yeah i literally the day this is when my frame of obsession changed a little bit my obsession went from a, a internal personal pursuit to an uh, a pursuit of inspiration mm. so like i remember like the first day that i walked into this class he i don't know anything about music i didn't in pakistan we didn't really have a music department yeah. so i didn't know anything about music theory but when he sat on the piano and he played he just started playing the most insane stuff and i just saw that and it gave me this like, like thing in my stomach. I was like, "Yo, like, I want to do that. Like, yeah. I want to be able to do that." Um, and I guess that my frame of reference changed. I just wanted to expose myself to as much art in this world. Like, so that's when I got obsessed with hip hop. Mm. Like, obsessed. Um, my family doesn't listen to a lot of music. Like, I didn't grow up listening to music per se. Like, I literally. Like my that's wrong because my sisters are ten years older than me. They went to college and I was in the fourth grade. So up until the fourth grade, I was listening to music. You yeah. know, it's like MGMT, yeah. like Kanye late registration, all those like classic stuff. But when they left, but when they left, I was like again in my own world at that point. Yeah. And I just started getting obsessed with people's approaches to things. Mm. And I've like told Alyssa about this. Like we mm-hmm. had a conversation about it, like. I am, I, that moment I became, I just uh, sought like to learn how other people, other people's obsessions like manifest. Mm -hmm. So like, this is when I became obsessed with Kanye West and everybody control me. Yeah. I don't care. Kanye West. No, he is like the most Kanye crazed person I've ever, ever, ever met. Whatever stereotypes archetypes whatever you want to assign to me please assign them to me because i agree like he's the he's he's crazy and what i started doing was in this digital music class i started just remaking all his music (laughs) just like got obsessed with sample based production which is like taking old records from like the 80s 90s or whatever it could be from today and like kind of breathing new life into them and putting your own twist on it fun fact he showed me um like sorry introduction this sample he made when he was in high school yeah and it was literally mask off yes. like before mask what? off was released yeah, it was this record from the movie selma it's yeah. from 1975 or some some year yeah and it was like this flute and I really thought it was cool. This is like past the point where I started remaking Kanye music because at that point I just wanted to understand how he approached music. And then I was allowed to put my own twist on it. So I guess the study 
of other people was my obsession and my addiction. Um, and that is when my love for music started. But then the awfulness of the college process began junior year. And I was confronted yeah. with the fact that my grades were pretty average in night freshman sophomore year. Um, and then junior year I had to get my stuff together and did all that stuff and became a brain dead human being who oh. had no passions. <laughs> and his only purpose in life was to synthesize what I've already done into something that a 30 year old who's reading my application would find interesting, yeah. Yeah. which is never fun. Um, it makes so you feel I, horrible. So I guess I lost myself in those two years. Mm. I was obsessionless. I was obsessed with other people's validation, i.e. a college admissions yeah. person. And when I got to college, I lost myself more than mm. found myself. I had to refine myself. And that is when I started making music again. Got it. It was freshman year. And I was just obsessed. Like I got so into not production at the time, but audio engineering. Mm. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but it just makes makes sounds pretty. Yeah. Um, and that is when my addiction just reached its peak. Like honestly, mm. like just straight addiction and like psychopath behavior to for perfection yeah yeah he would not sleep i would not sleep i would not eat yeah i would just and the thing is it was so the way i would describe mixing to anybody who doesn't know what it is 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 it's like putting a puzzle together but you have to make the notches yourself yeah so that everything fits together whoa (laughs) that's trippy Right, Whoa. so that is like, how you describe. Okay, mixing. and for the purpose of like making music or so reverse engineering and my friend, the puzzle. Me and my friend from high school, shout out Prez. Hopefully, you listen to this. I um, love Prez. Prez is <laughs> awesome. Yeah, shout out Dank Bank. Uh, <laughs> and he uh, he texted me in May of your freshman year. Of my freshman year, he texted me. He was like, "This Yo. comes full circle, by the way, because okay. this is the band that I was gonna make merch." Yeah, oh. actually, yeah. yeah so I mean, he texted yeah. me in May, and he was like yo let's make indie rock and i was indie like rock. what what are you talking about like i don't know how to play an instrument like i don't know how to engineer like mm-hmm. even if you were playing all the instruments i don't know how to make it sound nice like i've never recorded a guitar i've never yeah so i was just like sounds amazing let's do it and then that summer i we met up every single day and just recorded original music and oh. he would play the guitar I would make it sound pretty. I would mix his vocals. He was a, he's a good singer. And essentially, at that point, I literally, this, my, this world in my head just became just music every, all, all day, yeah. every day. And that was not an obsession. It was an addiction. It was an escape. Yeah. It was not, it was just an addiction. It was unhealthy. Mm. My relationship to music was so close to being tarnished just because I was seeking perfection mm-hmm. but you can't have you can't achieve perfection that's what i realized yeah. but you, you can get pretty close um so i did this for two years engineering exclusively did not produce any of my own stuff mm-hmm. and at a certain point when covid hit i was alone not i was not alone i was with my sister living in her house um 
and I just was in her closet, which is supposedly a guest bedroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> supposedly. That's for when she sells the apartment. Um, yeah. Extra bedroom. <laughs> essentially, essentially, I started making beats again, like with yeah. samples, like what I did in high school. Mm. And did this, I made a commitment that I'm going to do this, uh, make at least one beat a day. Regardless of how I'm feeling, I just do it. And I guess, like, that process was, like, so amazing. I guess, given all this stuff, I have realized that my obsessions, they're good. They're my obsessions and the, the addictions and the obsessions that are a byproduct of the addiction are not necessarily bad things. Yeah. And that because of the structures in the institutions in which like our generation has grown up in like we're often made to feel bad for liking things yeah. and like being devotional towards things and crazy towards things and like i guess like all i want to say is like that people should open their minds up to being obsessed yeah be obsessed it's okay it's like not a big deal like be obsessed be obsessed for you and like if you're if you're if you're obsessed with something like you're likely that you're obsessed with yourself you know so that's a good thing yeah that's all i gotta say that's awesome thank you so much yeah and with that conclusion like something that i wanted to add is that um i think addiction is kind of subscribing yourself to maybe someone else's idea someone else's ideas or the way that someone else does things and maybe that's where the guilt is derived or like to me at least like I could be addicted to something but I what my hope is for my obsessions is like creating my own world that other people want to join you know um and kind of like that's also where garm ties in where like I want to create a product no not only a product but like the world of garm and i hope that people want to be a part of it yeah um and i think that's what everyone's obsessions are you know you're yeah. like creating your own bubble your own universe so i wanted like i, I just wanted some, the notes from yesterday like yeah. um so i wrote something down on my phone yesterday at 4 15 a.m yeah yeah i wrote <laughs> 4.50, I literally was like, could not go to bed, and I was like, wait, wait, I just had a crazy idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's not that crazy. But it's to say, like, um, many people are going to think that because I said, if you're obsessed with something, you're probably obsessed with yourself. It's not a bad thing because obsession, I wrote this quote-unquote, obsession forces you to act upon your self-conscious. Yeah. Um, so, like, tap into your self-conscious. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. No, it's subconscious. Yeah. Subconscious, subconscious. Yeah. Self, sorry. And, like, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, Be obsessed. Harness the obsessed. So, what Alyssa said, um, she said that everybody's, like, has, like, their own version of obsession, right? Yeah. Did you say that, kind of? Yeah, were just I was like, just kind of saying, like, through your obsessions, I think you're, like, creating your own yeah. vacuum exactly. of, you know, of why you're obsessed and what you're obsessed with and how you're obsessed with it right Um, it's like your own world right yeah because like so many people can be obsessed with the same thing Mm -hmm. but like the dynamic nature of like who you are those like obsessions will manifest in very like like um diverse 
creations and that's yeah. why that is why i'm like so adamant that people tap into their obsessions because everybody has like something to contribute yeah to what they're obsessed with so yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome that's a good, that's a Every, good everybody's obsessions are valid yes yeah absolutely awesome even if it's taylor swift whoa <laughs> whoa <laughs> put her on go Kanye West. Go Kanye West. um so <laughs> this wasn't a typical conversation we didn't necessarily speak specifically about an obsession but Alyssa, do you have anything to say about <laughs> a childhood obsession that like or like even like i mean yeah yeah whatever you want to talk about <laughs> this is probably maybe like people might think this is like scripted or something you know like but i really was thinking about my obsession and i was telling my mom like i also just by the way i'm an electrical engineering and computer science major so not the most normal major for someone that has a pants company um but i was telling her like the one thing that doesn't feel like work to me is clothes and it's always always been that way and i think very fittingly it's derived my childhood obsession is derived you know from my mom who i spoke to about this um and i've always had an opinion about clothing and it didn't matter matter whether I was shopping for myself or shopping for her. I would always tag along. Um, and even as a child, I'd be very observant about clothes and the way things mix and the way things look together. So I remember I have this distinct memory. I was like six, maybe. And my mom comes out. We're going to dinner. And I don't like the dress she's wearing with the coat that she's wearing. And I remember that she had this amazing, fabulous coat um that had matryoshkas printed on it it was you know the russian st- stacking dolls that's what they're called matryoshkas yeah oh my God. so it was a matryoshka printed coat and like definitely my outlandish sense of fashion comes from my mom and i sent her back to her closet to put that coat on i was like mom you know that coat you're gonna wear that instead of what you're wearing now and she listened to me and she would always value my opinion didn't matter you know matter that i was a precocious kid yeah yeah exactly um so I think that kind of was like my earliest childhood obsession is clothes, but not really in a materialistic way where I want more or I want this specifically because everyone else is wearing it. It's honestly quite the contrary. I think I used it as a way to exercise my creativity. I never, ever want to repeat my outfits. Not that I would like burn my shirt after I wore it, but just like I would never wear it in the same way twice. Yeah. Um, Complete opposite. And I me. would never... And I would never... <laughs> want to look like anyone else yeah yeah i get that that's yeah. awesome you're, you, i would say this is maybe a bold statement but you're the best dressed in pratt which is the engineering school thank I you say thank that. you <laughs> um so finally i want to talk about quickly briefly yes. about the future of garm obviously you have a drop coming yeah november december so we're having a restock restock oh. on and like we're having the restock in like a 10 week days. yeah um oh awesome but then shortly after depending on what makes sense we'll drop the next one so make sure you uh are instagram following them yes (laughs) what following them on instagram (laughs) um so you can keep up to date Mm -hmm. um any parting thoughts i think the future of garm is experimental like the idea itself is very like kind of technical actually like i like that my engineering comes into this and it's um really like engineered i would say it's a pan that's engineered um but we've kind of launched our, you know, closet staples, you know, your capsule wardrobe, what anything you need, white pants, black pants, 
wax pants, you know, for the winter. So we're done with the basics. And now we want to get kind of into the more creative, like bringing in that what doesn't exist in the world yet, but we think should exist. And I think the hope is that people want to be in our world now in the future. Awesome. Um, and I just want to see it expand. Yeah. Awesome. What she said. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Cool. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thank you for having I us. I really feel, I feel seen by you. Uh, I think everything you That's said, right. I, I totally agree with and relate with. And I'm sure my listeners will as well. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the first episode of season two. Um, I'll be back next week with a new episode. Thank See you, you guys for then. having us. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.